If you're a keen observer, you might be wondering why we're reading from an old school King James translation of the text this morning. Well, as a faithful old Catholic woman once said, if the King's English was good enough for Jesus, then it's good enough for me. But in all seriousness, I choose this translation today because I think the choice of words here speaks to the larger issue within it. In this letter from St. Paul to Timothy, who's effectively Paul's intern, Paul gives him some advice about life in the ministry. Never stop preaching, teaching, exhorting, never stop moving, never stop running. God will judge the quick and the dead, Paul says. And if you aren't quick, in Paul's mind, then you might as well be dead. The reading is from 2 Timothy 4. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Please pray with me. Everlasting and wise God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations upon all of our hearts serve to glorify you and fulfill your will. And may they be in keeping always with the teachings of our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. You know, I got to say, I never really understood the appeal of the Westminster Dog Show. I know there's probably some big fans out there in the pews. Nothing against it. It's just, I guess it's just not my thing. Truth be told, I don't really enjoy contests in general. I don't watch the Olympics or the Super Bowl or the World Series. I don't tune in for the Oscars or the Grammys or the Music Awards or any of that stuff. On the one hand, I guess the the pomp and circumstance is a little bit much for me. Um, But the dog show strikes me as especially bizarre. I mean, I think it's all a little weird, frankly, the way these really serious-looking judges walk around the room carefully inspecting the dog's nether regions (laughs) and nodding with approval. I mean, that's weird, right? I'm really more of a cat person. Myself, I think they should have a cat show, maybe. You know, all the cats can sit around and judge the people. (laughs) Now, having said all that, I hear there was some pretty exciting stuff happening at the Westminster Dog Show last week. 
Now specifically, I'm referring to the agility contest, which is the bit where the dogs have to run an obstacle course as quickly as possible. A border collie named Verb took home the prize, clearing the course in just 32 seconds. But no one really cared about Verb. There were two other dogs that got all of the attention. The first uh, is Rudy, a dog who ran the course in uh, a little over 51 seconds, not an especially impressive time, except for the fact that Rudy is a bulldog. Now that breed is notoriously slow and clumsy, but Rudy, you know, he just shoots through the obstacle course like a bullet, leaping over hurdles and tearing through tunnels with determination. While Verb, the border collie, may have been the fastest dog, everyone is saying that Rudy is the real champion. One woman writes on Twitter, Rudy the Bulldog is my new Monday motivation. <laughs> now then there's the second dog that captured everyone's attention for very different reasons. Winky, an adorable little Bichon Frise, strolls onto the course and explores it at a leisurely pace. Winky trots across the green, gently hopping over obstacles, sniffing the ground. At one point, Winky climbs up a, a big ramp. You're supposed to climb up and then down. Winky gets to the top and just stops for like 30 seconds. You know, everyone's laughing and cheering. It takes Winky 192 seconds to finish the course, but Winky doesn't care. Winky lost the agility contest, but Winky won the crowd. Now these two dogs, Rudy, Winky, they both lost the agility contest at the Westminster Dog Show, but they're both winners in their own right and in their own way. The bulldog is driven, competitive, determined to transcend the limits of his own body, refusing to be slowed down by a bulky frame and stubby little legs. The Bichon Frise is carefree, relaxed, more interested in exploring his world than in winning the race. Now you can probably relate with one of these two dogs, depending on your personality. But I would argue that they both represent valid approaches to life and faith, respectively. Now, Rudy, I hope this isn't heretical, Rudy actually reminds me a lot of St. Paul, the apostle. The man was a bulldog, plowing through every obstacle in his path. He was an underdog, a man of few talents and fewer means, and he was zealously determined to run the race that had been set before him with everything that he had. Now, I use that word zealous very intentionally because Paul who was once known as Saul, was literally a zealot. The zealots in first century Jerusalem were a political movement. They were a hardcore right-wing Jewish organization that tried to incite a revolt against the Roman occupation. But the zealots also hated heretics. They were so zealous for Jewish law and tradition that some of them even resorted to violence, beating Christ followers or reporting them to the temple police. Some of these guys, they, they were known as the Sakari. Uh, they even committed acts of terrorism. They carried long knives under their cloaks 
and murdered random people in the crowded marketplaces of Jerusalem. And that was an extremely extremist splinter sect, and Paul was not one of those. But even your garden variety zealot was pretty extreme in their views. So, of course, when Paul has this vision of Jesus that blinds him for three days and he experiences this dramatic conversion, naturally he becomes just as zealous for Christ. That's just Paul's personality. Whatever he does, he's going to do it 110%. He is dogged, resilient, driven, excited, maybe even a little manic. Now, Paul was a salesman by trade. He sold canvas material that was used for tents and uh, sailcloth. And he brought that experience to bear on his preaching and his evangelism. Paul, in some ways, had the attitude of a franchise owner, you know, determined to keep on growing his business with one store after another. Except that now, Paul's business was church. He moved from town to town, city to city, traveling across the ancient Mediterranean and establishing one church after another. And in this text, Paul is writing to his apprentice, Timothy. Paul says that God will judge the quick and the dead. Now, the use of the word quick here is reflective of the King James Bible and the time it was written in. In those days, quick was a synonym for being alive. So in other words, the living and the dead, the quick and the dead. But for Paul, that really is what it meant to be alive, to be quick, fast, vigilant, diligent, competitive, always running a race. He even says specifically several times in his letters that he is running a race. He says it in this one to Timothy. He says he's growing tired and he's finished his course. He's always running. Be instant in season, out of season, Paul writes. Reprove, rebuke, exhort, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Whatever you do, Timothy, just don't stop. Don't slow down. Run the race, finish the course. Paul would do well, I think, in the 21st century rat race. He'd write emails to the churches on his smartphone while flying from one to the next. He'd take his work home with him or to the hotel that he's staying at when he's traveling abroad. He'd keep an active social media presence, marketing his new church initiatives to the world. He would be very successful. But I wonder if he'd have the time play with his kids, or to get enough sleep, or to pray. Something tells me he wouldn't be caught dead slowing down. Now Jesus, on the other hand, Jesus kind of reminds me of the Bichon Fries. Winky. He's patient, observant, curious, and in no hurry to be anywhere. You don't get the sense that Jesus had a schedule or much of an agenda. He just sort of wanders around, 
sailing back and forth and back and forth across the Sea of Galilee, never going anywhere in particular. He spends most of his time eating and drinking and just hanging out with people, talking. He sits in the desert for over a month doing nothing at all, just like Winky coming to a full stop at the top of that ramp. Don't worry about tomorrow, Jesus says, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Or as it says in the King James edition, this is a translation I'm fond of, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You know, if Jesus were alive today, he'd probably still be living with his parents. I mean, you wouldn't call Jesus successful by any typical measure. He's unemployed, he's homeless, he's broke. Conventional wisdom teaches us that if you aren't quick, you might as well be dead. You've already lost the race. But that assumes you're running in a race. And unlike Paul, Jesus isn't even participating in the contest. You've all heard the fable of the tortoise and the hare. The hare is fast, overconfident, determined to win, while the tortoise crawls along at a snail's pace. And the lesson of that fable has always been that slow and steady wins the race. But I want to take it a step further. What if the tortoise wasn't even competing? What if the tortoise wasn't even in the race? What if he was just taking a walk? What if he just lived in a slower world? I heard a story the other day about a, a sloth who was attacked by a gang of snails. I know, just go with it. Just, just go with it. The sloth was taking a leisurely stroll in the woods, minding his own business, when he gets accosted by these snails. And they rob him, and they beat him up for several hours. And after the terrible ordeal is over, the sloth limps over to the local police station to report the crime. Can you describe the snails who attacked you, the police officer asks the sloth. I don't know, the sloth replies. It all happened so fast. <laughs> Jesus lived in a slower world, too. Now, I'm not saying, this is very important, I'm not saying that Jesus is right and Paul is wrong. I'm not saying that Jesus is going at just the right speed and Paul's going too fast. Their mutual efforts, okay, brought this world closer to God's hope and vision, to God's kingdom, than it's ever been. Their respective abilities to be patient and contemplative, hardworking and ambitious, played well together. Jesus established the faith and Paul established the church. But in today's fast-paced culture, I do worry that the pendulum has swung a little too far to one side. I worry that people of faith tend to lean a little too closely towards Paul's hyperactivity and overfunctioning and business-like way of doing things. I feel like we're a little too quick, a little too quick to judge, a little too quick to act, a little too quick to take on more than we can handle. You know, sometimes it feels like we're competing for market shares with St. Mark's or 
First Presbyterian Church down the street. But, you know, we're not, we're not competing with those churches. If we, if we were, we would crush them. <laughs> that's, that's not what we're about. But, you know, sometimes we're, we're more focused on metrics and worship attendance and competition and worldly measures of success than we are on prayer and faithfulness and discipleship. We're contestants in a race. That's what we're raised to do in this world. And we don't dare stop or slow down. I saw a fantastic movie recently, an homage to the spaghetti westerns of the 1960s called The Quick and the Dead. Now, The Quick and the Dead is directed by one of my favorite directors, uh, Sam Raimi. He, he directed uh, some of my favorite movies. You know, he directed uh, Evil Dead, uh, The Evil Dead 2, <laughs> Dead by Dawn, The Evil Dead 3, and also Ash versus The Evil Dead. Uh, you get the idea. Great director. Anyway, this is not a horror film. This is a straight-up Western, The Quick and the Dead. And uh, this is a movie about a small western town that's run by an aging outlaw named Herod, appropriately. And Herod is played by Gene Hackman. And every year, Herod hosts a quick draw contest to determine the fastest gun in the west. And naturally, this uh, attracts a host of very colorful characters. There's a, there's a slick gambler who can blow a hole in an ace of spades from 100 yards away. A young, very young, Leonardo DiCaprio plays Herod's son, uh, determined to earn his father's love and respect by killing him in a duel. Sharon Stone plays the lead, uh, actually, is a, a vagabond who chews cigars and drinks whiskey with her best Clint Eastwood impression. Uh, as the story goes, Herod killed her father, who was the town sheriff, when she was just a little girl, so she's come into town and entered the contest seeking revenge. But the most interesting character, I think, is played by Russell Crowe, and he's a clergyman, uh, though he used to run with Herod's gang when he was younger. And Herod, uh, determined to force this man to sort of come to grips with his killer instinct, forces the preacher to compete in the tournament. He chains him to a post between rounds and hands him an old rusty revolver with a single bullet to defend himself in a series of duels. Now, Crow, the preacher, he's a pacifist. He, he refuses to fight. He refuses to participate in this bloody contest. But when push comes to shove, his finger trigger, a finger, trigger finger, excuse me, always seems to end up moving of its own accord as if by instinct. And you can see the anguish of indecision playing on his face in the seconds before the clock strikes high noon every day as he's wrestling with his decision, trying to decide if he's going to kill or be killed. Now his survival instinct ends up winning out, and he does fairly well in the contest, but the truth is the preacher doesn't belong in this contest. No more than Winky belongs in the Westminster Dog Show. No more than our faith belongs in the rat race. It's all about balance, 
really. You know, life requires hard work and success requires a fair bit of ambition. Now, those things can also help a church to be successful. But as a church member said to me last week, and this stayed with me, God calls us to be faithful, not successful. Those things aren't necessarily mutually exclusive, but if you had to choose, we can do good work, hard work, faithful work, without getting caught up in the world's contests. At the end of the Quick and the Dead, I don't want to spoil it for you because I know you're going to run out and watch it this afternoon, but, but I'm going to. So at the end of the movie, Sharon Stone defeats Herod in a, in a dramatic duel, and then uh, she pulls out her father's old sheriff's badge, and she tosses it to the preacher. Law and orders come back to town, she declares before riding off into the sunset. As for the clergyman, well, he finds a kind of balance. Seizing this badge, he makes peace with the need to fight, but now as a lawman, he fights for justice. So too, people of faith, we are called to make our peace and to set our pace according to God's time. Some place between the road that Paul tirelessly traveled and the desert where Jesus sits still. Some place between Paul's endless correspondence and Jesus' refusal to ever put pen to paper. Some place between moving too fast and not moving at all. Some place between the quick and the dead. Amen.